Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Welcome truth seekers, yogis, mystics, faith healers, tarot card readers and other humans with less than acceptable genital hygiene. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike. Joining me once again is the cult leader-ish, Jonathan Astro, and the cult follower, AJ. It's it's true. You definitely are a cult leader. People, you can, well, when I say people, mainly Ricky, has said <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that I would make a good cult leader. <laughs> Yes, and I, I think you I, I, it's, it's one of the best compliments anyone's ever paid me, Ooh. AJ. Charismatic leader. <laughs> you know, I let's face it, Keith Raniere, oh he had a great God. time right up until the minute that he didn't. That's true. And so, you're a lot taller than he is. Well, there you go. So I've got that going for me. And you don't play volleyball. I don't play volleyball, but, you know, who wouldn't want a bunch of hot women, like Hollywood women, doing your bidding and, like, branding each other and stuff? Kink. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. There were Holy Mountain, 1980 uh, in Spanish. Uh, La Montaña Sagrada. Yeah, isn't it? No, 1973. 1973 yeah, all right, whatever. 1973, <laughs> that is when it happened. Anyway, take away my cinephile card right now. Uh, 1973, sorry about that, dear listener. Anyway, it is a surreal fantasy film. Get this directed, written, produced co-scored, co-edited, and starring Alejandro Hodorowski. So he also did some set design shit and costume and stuff just on the on the side. So his fingerprints are all yeah. over it, AJ. All right? The man. So he didn't, he's, you know, anyway, this is this is the uh, apex of our of our Hodorowski cycle. So we wanted to finish big on this one. So I don't know. I don't know. Don't know where to start. Have you ever have you ever stared at a big you know big big Sunday and you just don't know where there's cream, ice cream, cherries and you just like I don't know I don't know where to where to begin you know. Mm. Well, maybe we start start with you, AJ. Is this the first time you've seen this crazy movie? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I think that we should revisit these three movies next year. Sure. Let's do it again. I'm in. I'm in. Well, we'll go. It was yeah. fucking crazy. Do you think it's the craziest we've done? I think it's the craziest movies I've ever seen. Whoa, that's yep. big. That is big because that's that's meaningful because that mean that we're charting the boundaries here. Because you know, there's some people who are seriously like they think that the Gilmore Girls is edgy, you know. Yeah. And there's other people who are like, oh yeah, I'm really going to take a risk. I'm going to watch um, I'm going to watch Thor Part Four. <laughs> this time, but get this, this time Natalie Portman's also a Thor. Oh. And you go, oh, yeah, right. That is edgy. And you go, they go, yeah. I man, know man. nothing about this. Good. You've fucking mentioned good. mentioned this before. It's fucking <laughs> garbage and it was a test. If you did know, I'd quit the pod. All right? <laughs> Terrible stuff. Okay, okay.
education or experience can have prepared you for this film. Alejandro Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain. Holy Mountain is a film completely outside the entire tradition of motion picture art. It is outside the tradition of modern theater. Outside the tradition of criticism and review. Well, m maybe you should try and tell us, try and an attempt to tell us what what goes on. Oh no! Well, look, I actually got lost in this one again because. This is a dazzling film, lots going on, and I've just got a little over a, a quick overview. So break it down into these these five parts. So the film is in five parts essentially. The first part we'll call Finding the Alchemist. Okay. Second, accepting the challenge. Through a third, assembling the team. Fourth, journey to the island. And the fifth, ascend ascending the mountain. Now, I reckon they should probably hand that out to people in the lobby. You know, I agree. You know what I mean, like, mm. and say this is this is how it's going to go. Um, and what's funny about this is those five steps I outlined. The first three take up um, three quarters of the movie, and then the last two they yep. just go anyway. We, we got there. So uh, let's start at the beginning. We follow a stinking drunken thief who befriends a dwarf with no hands and feet. That's where we begin. All right. <laughs> It's a rocky beginning, <laughs> and uh, I mean that literally as the dwarf is initially involved in an impromptu stoning of the thief. Um, but it's okay. The dwarf didn't, uh, you know, he didn't toss any rocks himself. It was mainly a group of naked preteen boys with their peckers painted green. So, <laughs> I, really, I apologise for my laugh. AJ's got a bit of a cold, so I actually think it's this... Got the COVID might kill her this this synopsis I, I think it might this is too much I think it might. anyway I, I can see all the cold and flu stuff live behind her and everything so anyway our hearts go out uh, aj so anyway uh the dwarf and the thief smoke a fatty together and hit the town to make some cash um the thief takes a job as a spruker to a charming little show uh called the conquest of mexico which involves iguanas i think i think they're iguanas <laughs> katie said they were iguanas and i was like okay <laughs> Uh, iguanas and big fat toads. Basically, uh, after the toads are all blown up, uh, let's just skip over that. We'll come back later. After, after they're all blown up, uh, he gets another gig um, as a Christ lookalike for a cross-dressing centurion who makes life-size Christ statues. Now, it doesn't really work out. 
So our hero smashes up all the statues that have been made of his uh, of his person, and then he also eats the kind of doughy face of one of them. Yeah, I was I was thinking that it's like that trend where everything's cake. Oh, yes. <laughs> they yeah, kind of slapped it off. Well, Kodorowski <laughs> did it first. Uh, everything was cake and Christ was cake in this in this instance. So anyway, uh, as a side note, he also hits it off with a hooker who carries around a chimp, but I don't really have much to add about that. So <laughs> next up, the thief... <laughs> that is what it is. The thief discovers a giant tower in the middle of the city and rides a golden hook up the face to reach the top. Uh, he breaks into the tower and meets the man himself, the alchemist, uh, played by none other than Hodorowski himself. The alchemist beats him up with some shitty kung fu, uh, bathes him uh, along with a live hippopotamus in, as well, just at the same time. Um, <laughs> and finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, after that, he has him defecate into a glass bowl so that he can turn his dookie into gold, which he does. <laughs> so that's that's what he does. He's, he is the alchemist, after all. So uh, The thief likes what the alchemist is laying down, so he agrees to go on a journey to the holy mountain, presumably to find immortality. And so he and the alchemist assemble a crew of big-time uh, thieves, other thieves, but in this case, they're industrialists and politicians. They're basically a group of supreme weirdos from around the globe. Uh, but we'll get into them later. So they embark on their journey to discover the secret of immortality on the holy mountain. They do some team building first, burning all their cash in a fire pit. Uh, then they burn some wax effigies of themselves, take some heavy hallucinogens and weep and cry in each other's arms. So once that's all done, they arrive on Lotus Island, uh, which is the island of the, the Holy Mountain. They stop off at a nice little bar filled with sort of mountebanks and other travellers who've sort of tried and, tried and failed to reach the mountain. After some final tests, they uh, arrive at the Holy Mountain and find nine hooded figures sitting around a table. They unmask one of them and discover uh, the alchemist. And uh, the alchemist explains that it's all been a bit of a bust uh, they sought immortality, but instead found that they're more mortal than ever. He tells the camera to zoom back and we see the film crew that has been filming the movie that we've been watching. And he ends by saying to the group, goodbye, Holy Mountain. Real life awaits us. And that's the movie. That's why that I always gets me, that ending. Where? In your cockles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somewhere deep in there. I'm not quite sure where, mm. but it, it gets me. Yeah. yeah. Do you like it the It gives ending? me goosebumps for some reason. I do like the ending, yeah. Okay. It's uh the first time I saw it, it really it really surprised me. Um Wow. Yeah. Don't don't, don't you think it's it's a great ending cuz basically he's saying that um I, I get the feeling and I I could be wrong but but I get the feeling that that uh is a bit critical of the spirituality movement if I can call it that and um I feel like his final message is that we can become too wrapped up in finding enlightenment and in doing so we forget to actually live our live our lives you know mm. no that's a good that's a great reading no great reading love it aj did you have something did you just feel did you feel something or did you what did, what was the well i felt the same way as i felt all three weeks i had no idea where it was going to go yeah 
Um, and yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. It wasn't awful. Well, I you know, I'm a bit, oh. a bit embarrassed because I I don't like this ending. In fact, it's the only thing I one of the only things I don't like about oh, it. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I would and I would be happy to to have my mind changed. And already, just the way you've put it has got me thinking about it differently. Um, I suppose I'm being a bit a bit old fashioned here because it it you know and, and look we don't need to do what everyone else has done but you know it is Deus Ex Machina so AJ this is you know what this is this is when you know back in the day Greek plays some of their worst plays were when they get to the end of the conflict and they would w- literally wheel down the gods from the ceiling mm. who would solve the plot for them and this ending smacks of that to me but because I feel like it was. Although it is making those the, the, perhaps those grand um, points, it's forgetting that mm, the cinema is sort of led by the heart and not so much the the brain. And so we get to the mountain that we've been talking about this whole time, and it's a sham. And I, I, there's not a lot of movies where it's all a sham that I'm that into. Do you know what I mean? Like mm, okay. the, the Maltese Falcon is a bit annoying, like that. Uh, there's a few where. The village is another one. Oh yes, yeah. So well, well you could I'm say any like, of M Night Shyamalan's movies in a way. Mm. Well, ex- but except the big, this fucking Sixth Sense, which is amazing. Yeah. So um, again, because you care about it, but but anyway, I feel like if you blow the last five minutes for me, to me, the film is kind of lost, and that's why I don't keep coming back to this. We'll move off this in a sec because there's plenty to discuss. But I think self reflexivity was in vogue at the time, and I think that's what we forget. That ending has been ripped off, I think, by, and I got the the, the dates wrong because I thought it was 1980, even later, but 1973, that's early. So this kind of cinema turning in on itself, you know, uh, still was relatively new, even though a lot of people were getting into it. So I think it would have been a lot more shocking. And um, it's just a bit of a student thing now. I think that's what how students, you know, sort of solve their problems. But I just finished by saying that I thought that... Uh, Santa Sangro was superior because okay. we are expertly manipulated into falling in love with a mass murderer. Um, that's the true power of the moving image and it's why the authoritarians are so keen to police what we're allowed to see and make because they know that the cinema drives passions. Because when he lifted his hands in Santa Sangro last week, I was like, oh, I was a mess. I was just like, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. He's, he's free, you know, whereas... Podorowski in this is, um, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm interested and I'm fascinated that you 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 had a physical response as well. Like, you really feel hmm. like overwhelmed. That's amazing. That's good. I, I want that. Yeah, I didn't get it. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, I need other good stuff in it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> is this the end of our adventure? Nothing has an end. We came in search of the secret of immortality, to be like gods. And here we are, mortals, more human than ever. If we have not obtained immortality, at least we have obtained reality. We began in a fairy tale, and we came to life. But is this life reality? No. It is a film. Zumba camera. We are images, dreams, photographs, 
We must not stay here. Prisoners. We shall break the illusion. This is Maya. Goodbye to the holy mountain. Real life awaits us. But in a way, there's like, there's not like, like he's done everything else in this movie. Anything no, you can think of, he's done. I agree with that. It's I agree like, with that. It, 100%. It, I mean, where else does he go? You know. 100%. No, I, I totally agree with that. And there are movies that end that have this same problem. When you have done everything, everything. the ending, like, well, look at, you know, even, even if you don't like some of the movies you talk about, I mean, AJ, you're a big Sopranos fan, right? Like, yeah. I mean... What do you and do after, after, oh, well, I love the ending too, but whatever you do, like they've done everything. They've done, they've had all yeah. the most shocking stuff you could do, mm. uh, that, you know, going different. but this ending actually is the same as the ending of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> it's the same shit. <laughs> like it's a film and then they get arrested or something, you know, like, <laughs> so it was, it was on people's minds. Anyway, we won't dwell on this. I just think it's, um. You know, I, I totally buy, I think that's perfect. Like, you know, let's talk about some of the stuff that, that goes on because this movie. But is, how would have you ended it? I just want to feel, I just want to feel something and I'd invested in characters and it took me, I've seen it a lot of times and it took me up until the last five minutes for this show to figure out that the guy, the Jesus-like figure who we've, the thief, yeah. that he left, that he bounces early. Yeah. He doesn't go up mm, there. He's yeah. out. But I sort of, that's always washed over me. And I've just gone, oh, yeah, so he's up there. And he's not, yeah. though. Well, no. well he, he, he goes with the uh, with the chimp lady. Yeah. Well, she's a prostitute. Just start a family. Who, who, ha- <laughs> who has a chimp. <laughs> but, you know, you I, tell, like, <laughs> I like that. And that's what I like about Ricky. He sees, he sees the person and not the profession. Like, I look at her and I go, she's a, she's a prostitute. And he's like, anyway, the chimp's having a lady. And I'm like, yeah, she's also, you know, a hooker. <laughs> so anyway no but i took me that so i don't know i just feel like um this is my other only criticism of the film hold around come on you surely you got to agree with this because this feeds into it as well he's got ahead of himself here he's, he's got a lot of money he's done too much on it and he's overextended himself so like because his performance is at times a little weak and it's what not... do you mean? <laughs> yeah. AJ, AJ's doing a, a, a finger waggling sort of gesture by it's the like side moose, of their head. Moose, moose ears. Horns. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like, because in El Topo, his performance is stellar. And mm. in Santa Sangra, his son's performance is, is stellar, 110%. In this, he is split. He should have just gone full George Lucas and stepped back and gone, all right, now I am just going to be all yeah. seeing eye and I'm going to do, I'm going to get in there and, you know, um, manipulate um, these tiger titties and all this other stuff. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to those later, I'm sure. But we'll it's get to all that. Bit. But but he could have done all that and and just said, I'm not going to go in it. You know, or if I'm going to be in, I'm going to be someone lesser. You know, I'm not going to be the alchemist. But he wanted to be the alchemist. Yeah. And so what we're left with is he's sort of not really there. He's not yeah. feeling it. He doesn't have the time. He's too busy. So yeah, he's got a lot to do. So anyway, that's that's the criticisms I have, and you know what? I don't care because it, everything else is spectacular. It's it's more like I've got those two criticisms, but it's more amazing than almost every other movie you'll ever see. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So don't worry. Just 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 watch mm. it, and 
it'll blow you apart. Like just yeah. like you, you know. Well, I, I wanted to I wanted to talk about this this cast of characters from around the universe in just a second, but I thought I'd give a little bit of a shout out to the cast of animals in this movie. Mm. Okay. We got dogs, hippos, pelicans, camels, stuffed goats with big balls, horses buried with their heads sticking out, tigers on leashes, lizards, <laughs> toads, dead chickens in trees, oxes, peacocks, mm. swans, gaping fish, alligators on leashes, elephants, huge snakes in, in knitted jumpers, pigeons, doves, a falcon, chimpanzee, scorpions, ants, bees, and other insects, tiny birds, starfish, gay leprechauns riding tortoises, swarms of flies, fornicating cows, Hundreds of tarantulas crawling over that naked guy mm. and some sheep. Now, that's massive. I, I, I don't think I've seen a movie with so much, like, animal cruelty in it, you know. It is. It is. the. It is. the. It is. Isn't it fascinating? That is a cultural shift that's happened in our lifetime. Like, mm. I, I mean, I know now that, you know, um, women have penises as well. That's a big one. <laughs> Like that's a bigger one. Like you know, that, you have that's to say, a big you have culture. to respect. Yeah. Like when you say respect the cock, you're just talking about <laughs> the nice lady down the street. You know, and you're not talking about like some guy. You know. Uh, anyway, so that's happened. But but more but more but more legitimately, rather, I, I think that the shift and Peter Singer's written. Uh, he wrote the first Australia's own Peter Singer wrote that first book, Animal Liberation, about about animal animal rights and animal cruelty and something, uh, you know, uh, starting there and, and working its way out. Because now any one of these animals being in your movie is beyond the pale. Like it would be in that stupid show that I mentioned last week, Peacemaker, they've got like an eagle in it and full CG. Like that eagle is just 100% CG. I know they've got to, to get it to do some shit that they can't do, but still, even if it wasn't, it would just be 100% CG. And I think that is good. I, I just yeah. can't, we just can't be doing it anymore, you know? Well, no, particularly when lot. you get two, two pit bulls to actually fight. Yeah, that was fucked. You know, yeah. and, and, and draw blood, you know. Yeah. Um, and the blowing up of the toads and the, and, and the lizards, you know. They, mm. they go to this, mm. this circus. You mentioned it in the synopsis, but it, it's a mm. scene where the lizards, they're all like the Mayans. And the toads, they come in their ships. They're the conquistadors from Spain. And they, they basically take over the village. And then there's just blood everywhere. And then they just blow them all up, you know. Yeah, we've got to blow them and up. that's that's the circus.
Yeah, no, it is mad. And it, it, but I guess the shift is because surely now I feel, I'd love to know what he thinks now. I feel like now he wouldn't do it. You know, like I feel like you know because I've well, heard he, he couldn't film, do it though. Well, he couldn't do it, but that's a different question. Um, I've heard William Friedkin talk about this. It's filmmaker's remorse. It's when you're young and crazy, you know, and I think you're motivated by the same impulse. And this is this is controversial, but I don't care anymore. I just don't care, AJ. All right. <laughs> so when you're a young, you know, uh, sort of filmmaker, you are, are fueled by the same mania that takes over like suicide bombers and, you know, all, all of the most ardent young male crazies, high school shooters, all of them. They're mm. all driven by the same thing. You Testosterone. Know. Well, that is not good. It's not good. It makes you look at um, them buns mainly. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but the, you are just driven by this. And so William Freakins talked about uh, the French Connection, like the way they got some of the stuff in that. It's a big, big movie with Gene Hackman and whatnot. They've just strapped a camera to the front of this car and they've just driven this car through the city, like, you know, almost running people over. They've just blocked off a bridge, like an actual bridge in, I, I'm pretty sure it's New York. And you know, like really ruined people's lives. Like, and he was like, oh, this is terrible. I, I wouldn't do any of this now, you know? So I feel like Hodorowsky wouldn't do the animal stuff, but because th- this is, I'm, if you asked him, he would just say, yeah, the film, the film is king. The film is what matters. The, the performance is what matters. It doesn't matter. And this animal gave its life to, to make this great movie and this, this message and all these chickens on the tree, yeah. 300 chickens, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, but it's yeah. shocking. It's shocking. It but, is shocking. That's going to stay with me. Mm. They didn't die in yeah. vain. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good film. Well, there's, yeah. there's a significant portion of the film that goes to these different planets and we meet these cast of characters from uh, that, that end up coming together. I guess they're the thieves, the, the politicians and the... Um, Industrialists. Yep, yeah, that's it. Uh, they all come together to, to get to the Holy Mountain. So... You got a guy from Venus called Fon, um, and he's into the comfort of the human body. So he makes beds, cosmetics, clothes, and new faces for people. Yep. Um, I thought he was he's hot. interesting. Don't go there. Oh, sorry. Hey, don't just let's skip ahead. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> My name is Fon. My planet is Venus. My business is devoted to the comfort and beauty of the human body. Beds, mattresses, fabrics, clothing, cosmetics. Uh, then you got a chick, uh, Isla from Mars. She has a bunch of male secretaries. She'd be a they. <laughs> yeah, she looked like a they. She'd yeah, be a they. Or, or no, an MX. MX. Mm. Oh yes. AJ, yeah. you know how we saw Marsha Gessen? Yeah. She's an MX. Oh. MX Gessen. And get this. Hey. MX Gessen. Presumably that's what she, what she wants to be called. I don't know how you pronounce MX. Do you just say MX? Anyway, okay. that's what Mix. she is. She was on Mix. She was on the Zoom <laughs> call where Jeffrey Tubin whacked off. No, she wasn't. She was. Now, wow. I'll ask you this. This is a digression. We'll get back to uh, the film in a second. But AJ, if there's <gasps> someone... You don't want to be whacking off in front oh. of because you think, you know, you're wondering whether it'll go down well or not. Is oh. M- is MX Gessen 
one of those people that you think yeah. would let it slide or? Oh, no. <laughs> That's a bad time. Yeah. Imagine her in her jeans. Mm. Well, look, mm. she wasn't into it. Uh, and um, she wasn't into anyway. us when she saw us. <laughs> no, we went to get – this is a big digression, Ricky. I'm sorry, but uh, this well, we went to get uh, – um, you know, uh, was it get the book signed or yeah. get or go buy a book from her? And um, we mentioned that we heard her on Sam Harris's podcast. And man, she what a sell! She hated it. What a sell! She person. hated wow. it. <laughs> I mean, we've got such lovely guests like on our show, and I, I would I would shudder to think of like anyone meeting them and saying, <laughs> "I saw you on the new Flesh podcast," and then they go, "Oh yes," Ooh. like and they're all cold and they hate you. And you go, "Why'd you go on the show then?" And I bought them? tickets because of that. Really? <laughs> we bought yeah, tickets yeah, because we right. were on that. Oh, God. We, Any... didn't, we didn't read the books in protest, I don't think. No, I never read the book. Oh, no, fuck her. You <laughs> <laughs> should have burnt it. Yeah. Anyway, all of that is to say don't do not do that. Anyway, on, the, on with the show. <laughs> well, I was talking about uh, Isla from Mars. She manufactures and sells weapons. So bombs, guns, chemical warfare, warfare, uh, rocks. Oh, sorry, rock and roll weapons. It's kind mm, of a throwback to the '60s. Guitar guns. And... Yeah, guitar guns and, uh, and and pistols that that are shaped in crucifixes and stuff. Yeah, like I that. thought that was cool. And like a menorah, menorah. Yeah. We produce bombers, hydrogen bombs, ray guns, deadly bacteria, antimatter waves. Cancerogenic gases, etc. The young generation needs arms for its marches and sit ins. We have psychedelic shotguns, grenade necklaces. Rock and roll weapons. Mystical weapons for Buddhists, Jews, and Christians. Then you've got Clen from Jupiter. Uh, he's the guy that produces art in a factory. So basically the art is manufactured by naked asses that kind of sit in the paint and then sit on the canvas. Um, and he's, he's also got a whole bunch of real nude people that are kind of inside the sculptures and you can kind of see their torsos and, and you can touch them any way you like. So, okay. and he also creates a love machine that needs rubbing with an electronic rod, basically a giant dildo, um, which we never really find out the purpose of this love machine. Mm. Is that, um, I, 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 it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We created a love machine. To make it live, the spectator has to work with it, guide it, receive it, give himself in the act of love. With this electronic rod, he will rub its mechanical vagina. The skill of the spectator will determine the machine's ability to reach a climax. <laughs> My chauffeur is a bad lover. He didn't know how to satisfy it. But this woman, 
I know her techniques very well. We'll produce the electronic orgasm. Frigid! Then you've got Cell from Saturn. Uh, the government is her client. Uh, she makes war toys uh, and she conditions children to become the next generation of fighters for whatever cause the government needs. Um, but wh- what the hell have they got against Peruvians? So they're training these kids to to fight and hate Peruvians. Mm. What have they ever done done to us? Anyway, well, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I embarrassingly, the geopolitical stuff in the movie is a little lost on me. I, I feel I don't know enough about Peru uh, and what's going on there, and because I feel like there's a whole dimension right, there. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that. After. Yeah. We feed the computer data on coming wars and revolutions. It tells us what kind of toys to produce to condition children from birth. For example, if the government calculates that it will be necessary to wage war against Peru, our machine studies the Peruvians and tells us what to do. Uh, Then you've got Berg from Uranus, and uh, he's a financial advisor to the president. Um, And is that his mum that smacks his ass and cock with the plastic skeleton hand? And then kind of rapes him. <laughs> I, it's weird. Um, it's his secretary. The, their relationship is yeah, ambiguous. It was suspect, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. So he instructs the government basically that they need to eliminate a few million people to save money. So um, strike up the gas chambers is what happens. And the gas whorehouses, I believe he's dead. Mm. Yeah, the, the gas museums. To save the country's economy, we must eliminate four million citizens in the next five years. Begin the operations of the gas chambers, gas schools, gas universities, gas libraries, gas museums, gas dance halls, and gas whorehouses, etc. Uh, then you've got Axon from Neptune. Uh, he has an extensive collection of 1,000 human testicles. And I believe he's like the chief of police or something. Yeah. This is the most beautiful day of your life. Of your own free will, you came to surrender part of your body to me. You decided to undergo the initiation that 999 other heroes have passed. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. Then uh, you've got, is it Loot or Lut from Pluto? Loot. Loot. His business is architecture and playing hide-and-seek with young children. And uh, he has designed cities of pod-like shelters to replace public housing. When we built this multifamily complex, we made a big mistake. We lost money. We gave them small gardens and windows. We installed water, lighting, and heating systems. This was a wrong concept. A man doesn't need a home. All he needs is a shelter. If we can sell him on the idea of a shelter, we can make millions. And that is our sort of intergalactic cast of of people that get to the whole thing. Don't you think don't you think that any one of those characters could have their own movie? Yes. Yeah. So Katie said uh at one point, you know, all the way through actually, she's seen this seen this movie, you know, a bunch of times and she just shakes her head and says, Oh my so much imagination and you know, each one of these characters, we talk about how each one of those characters just, you know, has a movie of their own and more, it's brimming with ideas 
you know, and that's so frustrating to her, who's, who's she's done a lot of work in the script writing space, and it's hard to come across people with, you know, good ideas. Often, and often people, particularly in Australia, you know, swimming between the flags creatively is is yeah. the, what you do. You know, like you, and the idea of having a mechanical vagina machine or or a you know, I don't know, like any of it. Ice sculpture of a penis that they leave. The ice penis. Like, you know, yeah. all of that. Everyone mm. should be just like, no, let's not do that. Let's just remake Blue Healers and <laughs> and, and, and be done with it. <laughs> you know? Fine, doctors. Do it all. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you guys what, what your favourite planet was. Um. Well, that's, you know, you can't ask that unless we're going to do the. <laughs> okay. You know, that's for later. Too well. But in general, you know, uh, actually, I don't know who, which, the one that sticks with me, I guess, is, well, a couple of them do, but, but I find the clown makeup really upsetting. Of, mm. of oh, yeah. Mars. Yeah. Um, Yes. And a transformation. That's that's pretty pretty upsetting. Something about that is uh always gets me. Mm. Um but the guy with all the all the wives is pretty, you know. Oh yeah. That that's probably a good planet to live on. Good planet. Mm. Good one. Good planet. So during these scenes, kids were scooting up and down my driveway and could see in the window. So I was pretty pretty upset. That I might have broken them. So, <laughs> so people in these graphic sets. <laughs> but isn't that good that people can get an insight into what what's going on out there? You know, like <laughs> what a creep, creepy you are. Yeah, <laughs> because so, it's better than them looking into your window and they just see fucking koshi. <laughs> you know, That's more or, or, or um, uh, fucking married at first sight. You know, and then they go, yes. oh, yeah. Whereas they looked, today they looked in, they looked in and they went, Jesus Christ, what's all that? I had to close the blinds. Good move. So <laughs> what is this movie about? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'm asking you, you know, because I'm interested. Like I feel like it's, um, you know, it's taken me a long time to figure out that they're after immortality, but presumably, again, they're after transcendence, I guess. Mm. Uh, a next level enlighten, enlightenment, I suppose. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's about. Seems, seems like a pretty extreme way to get it. Yeah, to, no, but and no, but because especially because at the end it was just like <laughs> anyway, like because he he they yeah don't worry about it you'll be fine <laughs> like you know just like uh, it, it was really about it was really about the outing, mm. not about not about enlightenment and. Um, well, then you think that these aren't the kind of people that seek enlightenment, mm. really? Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I don't know, but it's a it's a trip, and uh, but it got me thinking. Like one of the things that that struck me uh, about it was there was a, as I mentioned before the geopolitical stuff in it. There's all because we we haven't. I didn't even mention any of the sort. There's sort of a lot of texture from the town and the country of of militia or, or junta like uh, military yes, figures yeah. sort of menacing 
uh, uh, townsfolk and city folk, and and there's also clergy involved. And mm. and um, yeah, well, like in El Topo, you've got that menacing slow dancing. So you've got the soldiers dancing with the citizens of the town, and they're obviously not yes. into it, but they have to do it. And and that happens yeah. in El Topo. Mm. So, a couple of things that I think that because uh, this was in Santa Sagra as well, imperialism and class struggles uh, are not talked about today as much. And we've covered this in, in maybe on the new flesh and whatever, but these are two things that I think, you know, cause you can talk about imperialism. So, so imperialism, I've got a nice little, little definition for us here. Reminder, this is from Britannica, uh, uh, state policy practice or advocacy of extending power and dominion, especially by direct territorial acquisition or gaining political and economic control of other areas. So traditionally, I suppose, um, you know, we would be talking about American imperialism and whatnot. Cultural imperialism is another type or whatever. So but what we see in the film is, you know, we've got scenes of um, these sort of touring elites. I think they're, I think they're American elites, uh, you know, sort of on a, on a tour, on a holiday. One woman gets her husband to record a Super 8 holiday movie of her being raped by a soldier. Mm. Uh, yeah. um, and so... You know, it's all about the rich countries and, and cultures and people being able to sort of dip in and out of everyday tragedies like that. I, I feel like that scene is really relevant to the, to today's time, you know, where, where you have influencers and, and, and people that, you know, spend hours getting a really good Instagram photo every day, you know. Um, or there was that, uh, this is a little while now, but... Um, I remember Justin Bieber. He went to uh, the Anne Frank Museum back in the day, and he wrote in the in the guest book that you know if Anne Frank was alive today, she'd be a true what do you say, true believer, believer. a believer. Yeah, believer. I think if he'd had his time again, I don't think he would have written it. No, of course not. But you see people doing that all the time, like like people people get take, taking selfies in front of awful shit and. Or thing I going to the suicide forest. Oh God, is that J- J- Lo- yeah, oh, Logan, yeah. Paul. Logan Paul? Mm. Isn't there another one? Jake Paul. Yeah. Mm. Same, not the same guy, different guy. Brothers. Both idiots or? Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, uh, uh, but another way of looking at it, I mean, is this idea of elites being able to dip in and out, like Sean Penn going to Ukraine or New Orleans or whatever, AOC going down to the border and crying, you know, this sort of performative stuff. Or actually more relatable to us is, People, uh, you know, Australians going to Bali, Australians going to Thailand or whatever, and uh, and sort of just I don't know dipping into, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of, you know, I don't know, everyday tragedy in in these other in these other co- uh, cultures, and then being able to uh, pull the ripcord whenever we like. So the scenes of um, the the military junta like killing and abusing the populace in symbolic ways really striking um in their like casual the depictions of this like casual uh you know the casual nature of murder murder and and uh and abuse in in corrupt governments around the world so i think i love that hodorowski taps into that and he does it in such a beautiful way like he doesn't just do oh like you know blood because he does different colored blood he does Mm. like like, which makes it so much easier to take and you know there's there's the most amazing thing is that the birds that that fly out of the guy's chest wound yeah more cruelty yes but yes Mm. uh, uh there's all of these symbolic uh 
you know, representations of what he's talking about. Again, remember, we're living in the most literal time in history, mm. which is his name is Ant-Man and he <laughs> goes down into the skies of an ant. And, and that's what it is. Ain't no other thing that he does and he, that's it. So this is getting you to work harder, symbolic. And um, I did show this to my students uh, back in the day as well. Good. Wow. And um, it blew their minds. And they were constantly asking all the right questions. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why? And I go, you tell me, you tell me. You're so used to having uh, everything mm. spoon-fed to you that now that this is something, this movie doesn't care. Horowski doesn't care what you think. He, he, you can stop watching if you don't want. You can't mm. because we're watching it for class, so sit down. But uh, you know what I mean. So, uh, but just to, you know, push on for this imperialism thing, basically, you know, I don't know, this exploring, this was something that you people used to explore on film, this idea of, you know, class struggles, imperialism, or being, you know, fascist governments that are funded by America, you know, pushing people around and all of that. But but we don't really get that anymore. I mean, what we, but what we do get is, you know, we get stories of police overreach in the West, obviously, because of George Floyd, right? Uh, it's mo- so so much to the point that there were, you know, the people of Brooklyn Nine-Nine were having to say, oh, yes, it's a very difficult time. We need to rethink the police and all that stuff. And um, this is a comedy for fuck's sake. And But but this, this is so funny, though, because the cultures that are being represented in this movie, uh, the, the people that are having, the, you know, the, the jackboots on their neck are, you know, the, what I've read, uh, we're talking like a lot of people dying, going missing and being tortured and whatever. And this is back in the day, let alone everything that's come after it. But it's what's come after it is, you know, for example, Human Rights Watch website. I just had a brief look just to, you know, check out Brazil recently. You know, the police by their own count have killed, this is by 2020, They'd killed 606 people um, in the first four months of 2020 uh, and basically it was like six people a day and at that rate it would end up being 36,000 people a year uh, if, if, if we extended it, compare that to uh, America, which, which would be like 9,000 people. And this and that's where the article on Human Rights Watch goes into a really tricky area. They go, oh, that includes um, unarmed people and people who weren't, you know, doing anything. Oh, and, oh, yes, and, and George Floyd. And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the, they don't break it down because they know mm. that a lot of those 9,000 would be you know, armed criminals, actual yeah. armed criminals in they're, they're doing terrible crimes. But anyway, the point is that the, that these other look at those numbers though. Look at those numbers. Yeah. So these cultures that 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 have had to suffer, you know, imperialism and 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 uh, you know um, oppression and all of that, it makes the hullabaloo 
coming out of America since George Floyd and all the protests that followed, it makes that fucking embarrassing. That is an embarrassment. You people, like the people who who orchestrated those rallies, what narcissists, what incredible narcissists. Like, look around the world. Look at look at anywhere else. That, that like and, and Hodorowski knows. China. Yeah? He knows that. Well, look at China. So I read you, I read it out to you, right? Of what the what the definition was. State policy, practice or advocacy of extending power and dominion, especially by direct territorial acquisition or gain by gaining political and economic control of other areas. Does it sound like anyone, any country that we may have uh, you know, China. heard of? Because I know we're not allowed to critique other cultures because it's their culture and that's beautiful. Uh, but China under CCP rule being an actual ethno state. You know, literally parading their missiles in the streets as their gormless leader waves like an idiot. You know, building military bases in the South China Sea, buying off poor African countries, torturing and disappearing their own citizens. This is the stuff we should be putting in movies, mm. just as Hodorowski did. Yeah. Do it symbolically. Do it. Fucking do it. However you want to do it. But this is like he wasn't afraid to, afraid to say back then whatever was going on. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know because the, the, I'm a um, I'm an elite um, Western pig, so I don't know what was going on in Peru at the time. Or but <laughs> having said that, he had the balls to stand up and say this is bullshit. He's saying this is bullshit, you know, and America funding regimes that commit, you know, human rights abuses, this is not okay. And that's all very well and good. We've heard that song before. So maybe we need filmmakers today with some courage to call out the human rights abuses that we're seeing symbolically and however you like. Taliban, CCP, Ayatollah Khomeini, actual bad guys, Penguin, Mm. Riddler level bad guys, (laughs) you know, like upper tier bad guys so i just think that that was my my bit of my rocket for the week but along now my long bow as well we talk about cultural imperialism just finish this off cultural imperialism right we used to talk about oh coca-cola in the rice paddy fields coca-cola like billboards in the rice paddy fields or whatever like you know that sort of stuff um so the reason you know we don't critique imperialism anymore uh and we say that america should have stayed in afghanistan and put up more LGBT flags, I guess, and done whatever it is the people of Afghanistan want. Um, uh, The reason we don't critique it anymore uh, is because the biggest imperial export in recent memory is the hysteria of BLM and uh, and most of the other woke garbage. That's imperialism. Mm -hmm. And that woke shit is being used by elites uh, to either seize or maintain control uh, or just to get rich, you know? That like like that's why they never talk about class, right? It's their kryptonite. Uh, so because as we know, BLM was a Ponzi scheme uh, uh, to get some elites rich, to get Patrice Cullors for six mansions. So yeah. I feel like an, aud- an audacious film like Your Holy Mountain is a perfect vehicle for scary ideas. That's all I'm calling for. I know I'm a bit worked up, but again, when I see <laughs> when I see films like this, and then I see good ideas, I'm like, why the fuck don't yeah. we have these? Why the fuck? What, what, why isn't Jeff Bezos and everyone else sitting around going, oh, you know what? In, rather than funding The Expanse or whatever, why don't I fund a movie? Why don't I get all these filmmakers to tell dangerous ideas, big scary ideas? Well, because you know? they would be the asshole elites in the movie. You know? <laughs> they would. So they would be critiquing <laughs> they, them. That's, that's why. The, but that's, I know that is true. And it's just very frustrating because, you know, once again, because these people are fucking laughing at us, man. They they mm. want you to go see, and I am going to go see Maverick this week. 
amount of great time. But they want you to see Maverick because, well, not even. They don't even want you to see that. No, they, they don't they, want you to they, see that. They don't want you. They don't want you because it's the patriarchy. It's it's white male patriarchy. It's, um, you know, America's pretty great still, all of that stuff. They don't want you to see that. They, they'll, they'll put up with you seeing that. They want you to see all the other garbage, all the other shit, and keep you quiet and not asking any big questions. So, anyway, I don't know. Do something about it, AJ. Well, Kanye could do something. He might fund some stuff. He's a big, big fan. Love Kanye. Love him now mm. more than ever. Kanye you know? loves this movie. Does he? That's great. I didn't know that. Yeah, he mentions it. I mm. feel like he can. they he... met each other. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Great trivia. Ricky, has AJ just destroyed your trivia? <laughs> you have, yeah. I've got, I've got a fair amount of trivia, but I think that trivia trumps mine, yeah. That but is may, maybe he could work on the Holy Mountain, like, multiverse where you could have all these spin-offs. You could have the Venus guy. You could have the Mars chick. You know, they could all have their own spin-offs. Well, yeah, well, well, whatever. But the point is it's, it's got to be dangerous and scary and and <laughs> the, the way I want to feel like the way I feel when, when that first scene when he's shaving those those chicks' heads. It's amazing. That, you know? The top, incredible. Like, the set design is incredible in that scene. I love tiles and... All of that early stuff, like even in that, that, that temple, like you've got all these like bird's eye shots of, of weird rooms that, that are spinning around really fast mm. and when they're doing all the tarot card stuff. And... But another thing that's amazing that we haven't mentioned yet is there are so many boobs in this film and mm. stacks of boobs. Well, the boobs uh, and a lot of dick. Pekka! <laughs> There's, there is a lot of flaccid pain. Pecorology yeah. is something that is is studied in this movie yeah. to a high level. Off the okay? charts. It's it's there's a lot of peckers mm. and balls. And I feel like that's, you know, the sign of a true courageous filmmaker who just goes, Yeah, let's just do it. I mean, you know, there's even one confronting shot of like, you know, the chick with really long Fingernails, like lovingly washing the bunghole of, yeah. of the leaf. <laughs> you were going to go there. And <laughs> his big balls are there too. As, as so. the hippopotamus looks on. Yeah, well. <laughs> I was doing that. I mean, of course. Of course he was. So. <laughs> one, one scene that I thought that was, that was quite amazing was uh, so the Jesus-looking thief eats the face of the Jesus statue that's been molded on his image, and then he sends it off into the sky with helium balloons attached to its feet. I just thought mm. that was a mind-bending sort of like like I can't even you know what does that even mean? Like he's eating himself, but he's Jesus, but he's not Jesus, you know. Well, I felt like there was a lot of one of the things that the that all all these characters have to do is to uh, to lose the self. They continually yeah. have to burn effigies of themselves or get rid of, come to terms with. Actually, some people, the reason, some people need to do what these people do in the movie. They, they, they put their their traumas to bed. They put their obsessions to bed. They they confront their fears. And, they yeah, they burn effigies. They they, they change their appearance. They do all, they, they smash all of these things to, to, to get down to. And that's what he does with that scene, I guess, is what's part of that process mm. of, of letting go of whatever, yeah. you know. I, and I feel like that's the, if we're talking about enlightenment, that's what you have to do. Burn your money. 
we shall destroy the self-image unsteady, wavering, bewildered, full of desire, distracted, confused. When the self-concept sings, this is I and that is mine, he binds himself and he forgets the great self. But, but the other element to that is that, that, that a bunch of Roman centurion-looking guys, they get him really drunk to the point of passing out. And then so and then they make plaster molds of him, of these Jesus statues, and thousands of them as well. So it's, I mean, is he saying that, that society has sort of inscribed this Jesus image to him or something, and then he's got to try and cast that away or... One of the critiques of, 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 of spirituality is the sort of, as you say, is this is the... The business-like nature of of some of of yeah, for instance, I mean, there's something you know I quite like I like going to Rome and all of that, but you you do go when you go into some of those buildings and you look around, you go, Jesus Christ, this could oh, I blasphemed. You go, <laughs> this could really help some poor people. Some of this gold stuff, mm. yeah, 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 and but but and but I guess the the mass production of of those Jesus is like if he's you know, attracted to the figure of Christ and and whatever, and then is exploited, and and they are making these mm. statues that they're yeah. going to sell to people. That's a horrible exploitation. Do Do you think you'd get as angry as he was if you had your intellectual property stolen like that? He doesn't even get a royalty <laughs> for it. You know, he people, mad. People can steal my stuff if they want. That would be good. <laughs> means, means I'm worth stealing. <laughs> well, well, these days we just we just give give it all the way to social media, you know, yeah, all our mm-hmm. intellectual property. Or you could just NFT it if you wanted. That's true. You could, I guess. yeah. <laughs> so I guess look, we got a lot to we got we got so much to cover. So I really don't I don't know where to start. I mean, just quickly, a few scenes before we get into the actual business of what we have to do. <laughs> uh, rubbing your clitoris on the mountain, great stuff. Love it. Mm. That's yep. good. And, and why does she have to do that again? Yeah, sorry. So they're, they're climbing up the mountain and she has to, yeah, I don't know. I just got lost in it. Mm. They're rubbing. <laughs> and then, and then she's the, the suggestion is made that if she wants to conquer her fear of climbing the mountain, she's got to rub her clitoris on it. Help me! I can't go one step farther! You're not afraid of falling. What frightens you is climbing. Rub your clitoris against the mountain. You're terrified of success. Give yourself to the world. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, the mechanical von der vagina, obviously, uh, is mm. great because that then it gives birth to a little little mechanical <laughs> vagina. <laughs> nice, nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like maybe the last one. Oh, the faux massacre. I really loved the faux massacre of people, mm. you know, holding different things like vegetables and, and <laughs> you know, paint. Oh, and <laughs> acting out. And... and acting out this sort of surreal version of, of massacre, you know, of them being massacred. Yeah, streets. that was good. Incredible. So I loved yeah. that. It was really aff- affecting. And uh, finally, I really quite liked the Lotus Bar they go to at the end. It's sort of where all the other failed travelers have been. And there's mm. two travelers which the I like. Pantheon one bar. is the Pantheon Bar. Mm. So one guy I really love is the sort of beat generation poet guy explaining about um, 
trips and the LSD sort of talk and, you know, yeah. and then he, he stuffs the, <laughs> the pills in his little his little gay boy's uh, mouth, you know, which is quite a nice touch. The cross was a mushroom. And the mushroom was also the tree of good and evil. The philosophical stone of the alchemists was LSD. And then there's the horizontal teleporter. (laughs) (laughs) He's like the old school strongman. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I see. I went to the mountain. And he's like, they're like, what was the what was the top of it like? And he's like, no, I can only I can only um, teleport horizontally. <laughs> what a tragedy! What a terrible tragedy! You know. To conquer a mountain is easy. I can go through solid matter. Well, nothing stops me. In a minute, I will cross the holy mountain. Wait for me here. I got to the other side of the mountain in less than a minute. How long till you reach the summit? Oh, no. I can only advance horizontally. And that's enough. From bottom to top, I can't do. But anyway, I am a champion. I have conquered the holy mountain horizontally. So, any other scenes? or a a lot. What about, oh, come oh, on. there's so many. Every fucking minute of the movie. What about when the guy eats his eye? Yeah, so this this mirrors the scene in Santa Sagra where the guy takes his ear off and stuffs it in the girl's mouth. This is even more dangerous because it's a, a preteen prostitute uh, on the streets, goes up to this, this ancient guy and he gets on one knee and looks at her lovingly takes out his false eye and so you see this gaping <laughs> wound on his on his eye socket and then he he, he puts it in, in her hand and then like holds her hand up to his mouth kissing and sniffing her hand and he's got a wild-eyed look on his eye <laughs> too much <laughs> a- a- aj you said you almost threw, threw up you said I you did. almost threw up seeing that i was dry reaching <laughs> <laughs> and when the dick uh... gets chopped off and then oh, he's yeah. in the tree. Oh, Let's try reaching yes. then too. <laughs> yes. There's two guys. One, two guys get their balls cut off in this movie. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's Good. Good, I say. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a test. There's that scene where they first take off and they're, they're climbing through, I don't know, sort of the, the green lush foot, foot of the mountain hills. Mm. And then they just, just come up to this random farmer who just starts massaging them. <laughs> And and doing like the, the the cupping, you know, have you ever have you ever been cupped? Oh yes, and Andy I, I don't mean your balls. I mean <laughs> they they do it in the end of Man on the Moon, I think. They're sort of mm, getting yes. your organs removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then that that one guy has to leave because he and he's throwing up because he says his feet stink so bad. Mm. No, he says he smells his feet smell like a rotten dog. <laughs> yes, but then but then Holowowski says, but his teeth are so beautiful. <laughs> So, there you go. <laughs> what yeah, the fuck the bright that thing. That's right. You can always find the good. Always look on the bright side of it. <laughs> His feet stink like a rotten dog. He has beautiful teeth. I can't stand the smell. 
When he put all your bones back together, you will like his smell. And but then he kicks the shit out of the guy and he says, when yeah. all your when 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 the farmers like mended all your broken bones, then you'll love his stink. Well, good message. I agree with it. <laughs> there is actually a lot of good Eastern philosophy in this. And he's saying, yeah, he's saying, look at look at this guy's skills another way. And look at this man another way. And um, yeah, you you won't mind his his stinking feet. It's pretty bad though when people have like that sort of oh, yeah. thing going on. Mm. So mm. And it's it's there's there's also a, quite a sad scene when when the thief has to throw his limbless dwarf friend off the boat. Oh, yeah, I was got really sad. Yeah, yeah, you need to. Got to cut your ties though. Can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. To... Especially when he's imaginary. Throw that monster into the water. Does Hodowowski get so many freaks? Where do they think come that, from? I think I honestly, I honestly, I don't know if that's the term they like, but I, I, I think he has a background in the circus. I think that that's that's the point. So I think he knows a lot because ah. because if you are freakishly inclined, you go to you. The circus is where you're going. I mean, you're not. So, going so you don't think he's he's just like putting ads on Seek.com for. Yeah, <laughs> freaks to be in his film. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's got a network that that he reached out to as well. <laughs> but, but there's a lot, a lot of them. Again, a lot there of are. them. Always a lot of them. So inclusion. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. So uh, I have a quick fire edition now. Ricky's already done a lot of hard work for me here, uh, Keeper or Creeper tonight. So we're gonna go. Straight for the guts of it, um, we're going to put um, uh, the thief and the alchemist aside, and go straight for these 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 uh, planets, and we'll just have a quick run through. It's just quick fire. It's a lot of them tonight, okay. so you just got to, you know, I'll run through them, and then we'll just go bang bang bang. You can you you can do it. Give me the answers after. So, recap: Fon is that co- cosmetics uh, manufacturer representing Venus. Successful businessman. Uh, he gets just some other stuff that he does. Uh, he gets his dad to make business decisions based on whether his wife's mummy has a damp pussy or not. <laughs> she, does. she doesn't, by the way. Yes. She doesn't. She doesn't. She he doesn't. says no. She doesn't. So you might have to share him with some women as well. A lot of women. A lot of women. As the late Kevin Samuels uh, would say, uh, it's the price of a high-value man. So that's that. Okay. Mm. All right. So that's one. Ilsa, uh, Isla, we talked about her. A weapons manufacturer representing Mars. She's a lesbian with extra, with sort of an extravagant prince-like style, mm. you know, so mm. quite yeah. flamboyant. Politics might be an issue here. So, I mean, it might it could be – it's like dating someone from Raytheon, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I don't know I don't know if that's if that matters to you. Um, 
Clen, millionaire art dealer. He represents Jupiter. Rich, definitely rich. Rich. Mm. Balding. So again, you know, I get, everyone always says, "Oh, we don't care about that." And then when I, I've actually heard women, you know, when they get a bit loose in that, they do care about it. They care mm. about balding and they care about height. They talk about it. Yep, height. Yeah. Yeah, we've already been through. Do you like Do you like a, a fat mutton chop? Oh. Mutton chops. He does have mutton chops. So anyway, he does make art, so he's an artist. Um, That's true. Or a patron at least, I'm sure. But like all, like exclusively only erotic art. So like all dicks Ooh. and fannies. So don't, if you're thinking there's going to be <laughs> some more modern stuff in there. <laughs> No, it's mainly Dixon fans. So I don't know whether you like that or not. Cell is next, uh, a war toy maker representing Saturn. She's got a fun side, likes to clown around. Mm, um, but, I like clowns. Uh, she's quite serious when that makeup comes off, though. I'm not, and to be honest, I'm not quite sure she cares about child labor laws either, but no. that is what it is. Uh, Berg, political financial advisor represent, representing Uranus. We've been over this. He might already be involved. You might have to wait a bit. His partner, it's ambiguous. Fat, gross, crazy woman with green hair and a baby snake. Um, mm. yeah. It's a sick setup. So motherly. <laughs> motherly, uh, creepy setup. Like, yeah, it's creepy. He's balding too, pretty much. So That's I don't true. know. Um, Axon is next, uh, police chief representing Neptune. Uh, buff. Yeah, yeah he is buff. Good, good buff, you know. Well respected by everyone in the town, but it might be because all their testicles are collected and displayed in jars in his home. <laughs> so maybe you have to make some, he'll have he'll have a room of his own somewhere in the house. I don't know where, but they and people will be coming over to look at it as well. Um, <laughs> how, how how are you with 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 men that collect things? You know, some men collect, you know, antique oh, symbols or, or, or souvenirs. Trading cards. But yeah. tra- trading cards, yeah. Frank's not a collector. Classic cars even? Mm. No. Mm. Testicles. Mm. No. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, Loot, an architect representing Pluto, modern style, not very homey stuff. So no. I don't know, you know, he's building, he's building a kind of apartment complex, as Ricky said, made up of coffins. Seems like an interesting project, but I don't know. So uh, that's that's everyone. It's hard to sort of, you know, we'll just run through them again. You give me, you give me your answer. Keeper or Creeper. Here it is. Quick fire edition. Fawn, cosmetics. Maybe. maybe. He's in the maybe pile. Isla, weapons manufacturer representing Mars. Boss bitch. No. She's boss bitch. Nah. Creeper. Clen, millionaire art dealer. Jupiter. Nah. Creeper. Cell, a war toy maker representing Saturn. No. Creeper. Berg is a, a political financial advisor representing Uranus. Creeper. Creeper. Axon, the police chief representing Neptune. Creeper. Probably a misogynist, I would have thought. Yeah, it's uh, Loot, an architect representing Pluto. No. Creeper. So no. F- let's go back to Fawn. Yeah, so Mattress Man. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd be down to pound. So well, it's that's <laughs> I don't know if so he's a keeper, but I fuck him. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> well, it's is... it's a binary choice here. We we, we have no. You know, we only live, we have a we have a well, binary world on the new flash. I think that it's keeper or creeper. You've told me other week, so this is news to me. 
Yes. He usually he's, he's either the keeper other. or he's a creeper. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So he's he's a keeper? Um, oh, like I'd be pregnant straight away. You would. So wouldn't be, I'm not so you know the score. Like yeah. and you get shunted down the line. That's away. right. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd get dizzy. You'll be wife number this, twenty-seven. Yeah. This is what comes with being the keeper, though. Like you can't. That's true. You don't just get to have the fun bit. Okay. So no, then creeper. All right, creeper. Okay. But close. That's good. Close. We want to, We want them to be, uh, you know, honest and earnest. So mm. that's good. Thank you, mm. <laughs> Ricky. What do you got? <laughs> I've got some trivia. So the the crucified animal carcasses that you see, sort of. Uh, is it, it's not directly at the start of the film, but it's very close. Uh, they were borrow, borrowed from a local restaurant, which would then serve to customers upon being returned. Jesus Christ. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't quite work out what kind of animal they are. They sort of look like dogs. But dogs. I, I don't know, but they Cows? come from a restaurant. I can only hope that they were salted. No. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not very sanitary to have them sort of out on the street. But uh, during the boating sequence, Hodowowski had intended to shoot a scene where the group leaps into the ocean uh, and to get in the infinite waters. Uh, but the cast, w- when they proceeded to leap in, they uh, all promptly began to drown. And the crew had uh, was so busy trying to rescue them that uh, they didn't shoot anything. So Jesus. the water did look very choppy when they got, got there. Mm. So dangerous. I feel like yeah. this sort of filmmaking, they just... You know, there's no occupational health and safety officer there, like signing. Well, shot scenes on the water, um, and I tell you what, the water is 100% dangerous. Mm. Like yes. we were shooting out in the middle of the ocean on a kids' show, and I was directing, and um, yeah, we had like the kids. You know, we had tied boats together, and keeping the the camera boat nearby is a pain, so it's separated, and even water that doesn't look that choppy is crazy movement and um yeah just so wildly dangerous and then i remember i got the kids to jump into deep water because we wanted a good i just wanted a good shot you know um (laughs) fuck those kids yeah and so i just said go on do it and i made them get in the deep water and it was a good shot in the end yeah <laughs> that single story explains so much. That's what should have been talked about, episode one. Yeah, I know. So, Hodowowski recalls that the lizard and toad circus uh, was a difficult shot to prepare for and difficult to film. The toads themselves were hard to dress as their urine was like acid. And they'd keep filling up with air and then blowing it out, trying to escape. But was it like, you know, is it fair? To, I think it was a little hard on them, blowing them up. <laughs> but a sweet scene to write. <laughs> yeah. You created it. You thought he's, about it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, uh, it was a little bit difficult to get this shirt. And you go, well, well, they're dying for you, man. You know? Yes. But he says the lizards, on the other hand, were incredibly sedate. The cameraman would have to leave the camera rolling for long periods of time before they'd even flick their tongues or move their eyes. So fucking lizards, man. (laughs) You know, all that film they had to waste to try and get, you know, them to roll their eyes. 
So uh, we, we've talked a little bit about the fighting dogs. Um, they were real. So they Crazy. were indeed fighting each other. Uh, George Harrison, uh, himself a big fan of Hodowowski's work, of course, after seeing El Topo. Uh, he was originally up for the role of the thief, but he disagreed with the director over what he considered gratuitous nudity, particularly the shot where his anus is bathed. Yep. So rather than cast a stand-in or remove the shot altogether, Hodowowski stood his ground, prompting Harrison to drop out. And Hodowowski later expressed regret over this, um, noting that Harrison's involvement could have exposed the film to an even larger audience. So Absolutely. do you want George Harrison or do you want that guy to get his anus washed? I want the anus washed. I don't know. <sighs> I, think well, I, want I do too, but... <laughs> I was thinking at the opening scene when he's shaving their heads and stuff, I'd be down, do whatever you, I want to be in this movie, that's, shave that's, my head. And, and he's like, I, I didn't even ask. And you're like, I don't care. Right. He's like, I don't <laughs> Could you imagine trying to, trying to get some of the, you know, actresses today to sign off on some of this shit, you know? I mean, just oh. to, to just to get them to cut their hair is like a big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. everyone's wearing now. You, you win an Oscar for cutting your hair mm. now. Yeah, whereas yeah. you know, it's casual stuff. Mm. So during the decapitation scene towards the end, the actor actually struck Hodowowski for real, cutting his neck oh, and wow. nearly killing him. Apparently. Oh wow! Wow. So because because in in the scene he's you know Hodowowski's telling him to chop his head off but then it sort of cuts to to a lamb that's had its head cut off again more animal cruelty but um yeah apparently hit him for real um now this won't surprise you the crew didn't obtain any permits for the shot of the helicopter setting down in the street they merely had an actor in police uniform pretending to be a cop stopping traffic while they filmed then uh, proceeded to run off after the shot was complete. So there's there's this shot it's near amazing. the tower where this helicopter it just lands in the middle of the street, and you're like, how how did you, how did they do this? Like it looks it looks like they're actually doing it because they are actually doing it, but mm. there's no way you could get away with that. Well, we don't done some, didn't do a helicopter, but we did all that. <laughs> you just you have you just keep yellow vests in your boot, and you just get people to wear yellow vests. We've redirected traffic and stuff. It works. <laughs> <laughs> Two naughty stories for you today. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I think I've left this this animal off my uh, cast of, of animals that I spoke about earlier. The tumour that the priests pull out of the back of the thief's neck was an octopus mm. the filmmakers purchased at a local market. So wow. put that on the list of animals there. I'll add it. Add it on there. So that's my trivia. Well, we'll we'll cap it off with Kanye being a huge fan. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That's everything. That's good. So I've got I've got one review. It's a contemporary review from the Guardian, twenty twenty. Oh, guy called Peter Bradshaw. Twenty twenty gave it four out of five stars. Twenty twenty, yes, he gave it four out of five stars, uh, and he said it was a key work of cinema's great showman provocateurs battling against conformity and dullness. Uh, He calls it. he calls it a plumply overripe fruit of the counterculture. Message him. But like, did he say it out loud in the Guardian office? <laughs> but this is what I don't understand. Like, all the this is all the stuff he just said is it's sort of like 
he'd probably be trying to cancel the people doing the same thing today. His next review was probably like, I don't know, some film or some filmmaker, some person, and he's like, oh, you, you don't get to tweet anymore. Mm. You know, I'm canceling you. He'd probably be like, Dave Chappelle, not funny. Mm-hmm. You know, Ricky punching Gervais. Down. Yeah, punching down. down. Ricky Gervais, fuck you, you know. And then anyway, it's like I, I love the cowardice of time, you know, just looking back and saying, oh, yeah, so courageous. So where were you, mate? Where were you? Mm. Well, you probably weren't born, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let, let let me finish this quote off. He calls it plumply overripe fruit of the counterculture, dripping with the juices of spiritual rebellion, semi-comic posturing, consciousness raising and all-round freakiness. A hardly a moment passes in this movie without a situationist display of outrageousness. It is a dream tableau of the weird and occasionally wonderful. Yeah, I hate The Guardian, So, and I think it's uh, dreadful. Dreadful publication and uh, full of cowards and liars. And this guy sounds like one of them. So, <laughs> yeah, I was actually I surprised. I, oh. I, I surprised I came across it, you know. No, that is surprising. I just feel like, yeah, that, but I don't understand that, that what goes on at The Guardian because, like, yeah, or, or is it this is even worse? Is this so? Is this okay because it's old? It's, it's old and, there, and therefore defanged, you know? So, because the thing is, you know, we need you defending the equivalent art or the equivalent figures or the equivalent books today, you know, because J.K. Rowling, whether you like it or not, is saying Hodorowski like shit right now and getting heat, getting destroyed for it, you know. So, where we, where are you on that? It's like, mm. oh, well, no, that's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, what Hodorowski did. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you go, well, mate, like you need to be principled. This is what this is. This is puts a bow on it. Whatever you you've, you've got to say, the rules apply across the board. So you go, yep. If I appreciate bravery, courageousness, and whatever, I need to transpose that onto today and do exactly the same thing. That means I need to defend the people who are doing this, the same thing, and I and I'm not going to silence and censor people just because I don't like what they say. You know, but you know this fucking guy. You know, because you, Ricky, you know. You don't get to like movies now unless you pay the piper. Unless you say, yeah. you know, I don't know, like just there's definitely a non-binary person in the lead. I don't even know what that means, by the way. <laughs> AJ, pop quiz. Well, what does non-binary mean? Yeah, not either just, sex. Just, just not binary. It's just like... <laughs> It's binary and you just nod it. You just nod it. You just nod it. There's binary and then you nod it. You're not it. And then you go, all right, so what? Like, but that's the thing. I'm not male or female. And you go, well, you are, aren't you? Well, isn't well no, there I'm any, not. Isn't there a no. new movie coming out about yeah. defining these things? Yes. yes. What is a woman? Oh, well, yes. Anyway, Ricky, sorry. This got me worked up. Has. Got you in a bit well, of a let, let me just finish by 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 giving you the box office information which I found. So um, it had a budget of seven uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it made ninety five thousand. What? Good. So all the uh, all the best art. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I, 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 it's it's hard to know how accurate these figures are because you know it, it's had. Uh, it's had a real resurgence on DVD and Blu-ray, yeah. and 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 I think that I think that 2020 Guardian interview uh, uh, review actually 
coincided with uh, a theatrical release in the UK in 2020 of this film. So you guys saw this in the cinema? I have seen it at the cinema, yeah. Yeah. So when was that? Before 2020? Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. A few years ago now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we saw it at the Astor Theatre as a, a double feature with El Topo, yeah. Do you know what? I, I want a prop. Which one? Like anything. I went online. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. Really? There's yeah. so much stuff in this movie. Seriously. And you couldn't find any of it. I couldn't find it. I feel like you, wouldn't it be good to have the... I want a Jesus. The, the, the Jesus or the Jesus gun. Yeah. 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 Oh, Jesus. I'd have yeah. a life-size one. That's a shame. I'm really surprised <laughs> that there's no if if anyone listening knows any memorabilia. I I love the hats that they have. That his mm. hat was incredible. It was like a pagan hat. Yeah, but white. Yes. Well, mm. if anyone has any uh, memorabilia, send it to AJ, um, and I'm sure she'll pay you a good price. So, um, the Me Too meter. Look, this is unprecedented, really. If I ran through the individual charges, this episode would be three hours long. We're already over time. So, look, we just need to – and to be honest, I put a lot of effort into the um, my lecture about imperialism and that. So <laughs> I don't really – You look worn out. You look nice. I'm, I'm beat. Dear listener, if I could be honest with you, I'm fucking beat, you know. So anyway. Well, let, let me give you one charge, okay? Yeah, just I, one I've charge. I've got a couple. I have got a couple. Okay. Well, let, let, let me get mine off here. The only people of color in this film are slave women that are tattooed and are constantly nude and have she a weird sort of like, she was hot, a, a, a weird sort of disc covering Ooh. her like clitoris or something. I, I oh, jeez. No, but that's their culture. Oh, so. no. I just offended the culture. So it's their culture. It's either, look. It's either oppression and disgusting and horrible and patriarchy, or it's their culture, <laughs> or it's their I don't culture, know, yeah, or it's beautiful. So you tell me. In fact, you listener, if you fucking figure it out, write in and tell me, and I will tow the line. <laughs> anyway, uh, following on from what Ricky was saying, there's an endless stream of the three Bs in this movie: boobs, buns, and bush. Uh, a few it looks. There's a few concession points because. Here and there, they, they were mostly gross and ugly, which is beautiful. So if they were hot, that's disgusting. But if they're gross and disgusting, that's that's beautiful. Does that make sense? Yes. No. I'm just, that's the like rubric. Topsy-turvy world. So. <laughs> it's so confusing. This is going to be confusing. <laughs> it makes sense to me. So... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, penis-sized sculptures, erotic artworks, magic mechanical vaginas, lesbian embraces, spunk-like substances of all kinds, polygamy, rape, castration. Again, this is probably a plus, as we know, all men are pigs after all. But I think perhaps we just finished with a tiger head milk ejaculation from a brave trans woman. In fact, if the film was entirely about her, this would probably absolve everything else. So, <laughs> I, I think that's my favourite bit in the movie. It is. It, I just I lose it every time I see that. Well, Expl- I think explain it to us, John. It's basically uh, a hallucination of or a, or a great fear of one of our our, our travellers, and it, we we see a an old fashioned um, bearded sort of half man half woman like with the half beard, mm. yeah. and that's an ancient sort of man. Sta- I'm just saying it's a man stands up. Um, Johnson, big flat pancake titties. Awful, mm. disgusting rack. And then uh, 
Um, <laughs> cuts to the guy's face, cuts back, and then a smash cut to the old he-she holding now two miniature like stuffed tiger heads over his her nipples and jets of warm milk spurting <laughs> forth onto the face of of you know one of these politicians or industrialists and and they're just going blah, 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 in their face and it's like one of the most confronting and beastly things and totally worth the price of admission <laughs> really you know? yes like it's better than it shocks the system it does. and that's what this movie does that, that guy could have had his own show and that's after two hours and 45 minutes, like yeah. an hour and 45, sorry. Like we're, we've seen some it's shit hard to, so It's hard to end after all that. So, <laughs> so that's the Me Too Meter. What do we, what do we sort of, what do we give this out of 10? Well, I think it's another 10. I, I think he, he's got a clean sweep. Yeah, I think so too. But again, I, don't, I think I, it's a zero because of all the good that he does. That's great. <laughs> unlike the Guardian, unlike the Guardian, I like dissenting voices. Okay, <laughs> but it's true though. You me. like he confuses to... me because he does include all of these people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It look. It's either as I get. It's either disgusting and amazing or or beautiful. Yeah. It's either Whatever ten or a zero. You it decide, is a ten or a zero. You decide. No. You decide because that's the thing. As we know, <laughs> proper art is probably a 10 and bullshit um, fucking Marvel nonsense with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan together again and no dicks. is a zero. No dicks in that. No. no and dicks. that's a zero on principle. So that's that. Um, Ricky mentioned it. Boobometer, what would you give it, Ricky? You mentioned them first. I want you to quality, quantity. What do you give it? I think quantity it's it's high. I think it, I mm. think it gets probably probably an eight point five for 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 quantity. Uh, quality Scary earthquake sort of stuff. Yeah, quality, not I so think much. quality. I mean the the guy with the pancake titties at the end. That's pretty shocking. Um, well, I thought it was, I thought it was brave and courageous. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon the start, for the girls at the start didn't even have good tits. That's true. Yeah. It's weird they were twins too. I expected them to be to match match more. Yeah, I know. We get what we get. We get we get what we get, and we don't get upset. <laughs> I I reckon quality is probably a six, maybe a seven. Yeah, I go with all that. And Ricky, that you know shows what? how much you guys love tits, because the quality guys was not good. No, but we've explained this that that Ricky and I, Ricky and I in particular, are, are we're naturalists. You see, uh, we prefer the, yeah. the we don't like those bolt-ons. And and you bolt-on people out there, what get you get help? Go what? and get help. Okay, the black chick had good boobs. <laughs> totally, I'm not arguing. So the black chick was hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. So. <laughs> So that's that's Horowski. <laughs> that's the Holy Mountain. Um, you know, it was mostly about the Holy Mountain, and then some stuff I had to teach you uh, as well in the middle. But uh, but what a treat overall. Maybe just some final thoughts. I, I I don't know. In general, I just think this movie is incredible. And you know, even though I ended with criticisms, I encourage everyone to see it. And you can see it 4K on Apple TV. So. It's on the slightly expensive side to buy, but the, you can just rent it uh, if you want, maybe five bucks or whatever. But 
uh, I bought I bought them this time around. I was like, oh fuck it, and so I bought uh, El Topo and Holy Mountain, twenty two bucks Australian or something, so mm. high end, but they look great. And um, yeah, just get it done. Do, watch dear listener, please just get it done. Get into proper things, and let's bring back proper things. Okay, sick of it. Mm. It's fair. Since we're starting a new cycle next week, mm. I, I, I give you your choices one more time. So, Ooh. you know, here they are again. Now, number one. Now we must outfilth the asshole or assholes that sent this, sent sent us this, and then they must die. Number two. You know, I came in the shower this morning without touching myself. Three. When women go wrong, men go right after them. I know number two, but I can't remember. Okay, well, it's just going gut feeling. So that's one, two, and three. So one, now we must outfilth the asshole or assholes that sent this to us and then, and then they must die. Number two, you know I came in the shower this morning without touching myself. Number three, when women go wrong, men go right after them. Three. That's mysterious, that one. Three. Okay, three, yep. Oh, let's go three. What an exciting choice that you guys have chosen here. Number three, this is a Mae West so we are going to watch Mae West movies. I can't believe you picked this one. This is great. She is the naughtiest, horniest woman, uh, incredibly talented, and she's going to change your world. So uh, I think we're going to go big next week. Uh, probably, I don't even know which one. Maybe, um, I'll think about it. Maybe My Little Chickadee. Mm. We'll, we'll see. But this is going to be great. Mae West. I'm excited. Excellent. Now, as Ricky was saying, we said what we said. Oh, I, I did say freaks a lot. But that's normal for you, Ricky. Like, yeah, I feel like, John, you cancelled yourself. That's okay. Well, you know. <laughs> if, you, if you're not going to do it this episode, like. I feel like, yeah. This is it. This is, I feel like this is it. But, you know, maybe we are reaching the precipice. And I've just got to jump off. So people can just <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> we said what we said. And until next time. Long live the new flesh.